Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We were talking about the parable of the sower and the seed. Anybody remember that parable? This is only the twelfth lesson. Amen. So let's go back to Mark's Gospel, the fourth chapter. But we're, we're beginning to break off and to cover the fullness of what he's saying here. In Mark 4, we talked about... Actually, we started on, Mark, on Matthew 13... The parable is found in all in three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And if you'll do a study on all three Gospels, you'll find out that the good heart is the heart that understands the Word of God, that receives the Word of God, and keeps the Word of God with patience. Matthew 13, 23 says you've got to understand it to bear fruit. Mark 4, 20 says you've got to receive it to bear fruit. Luke 8.15 says you've got to keep it with patience in your heart to bear fruit. And as we went through all this, the parable, we talked about the parable. Just to reiterate a little bit to get us back on track of what we've been studying. We said that the natural man, or what we call the unregenerate man, the natural man cannot receive the things of God. The natural man does not have the ability within himself to understand the things of God. The parable talked about understanding, seeing, in other words, with your spiritual eyes, hearing with your spiritual ears, so that you can understand the operation of the kingdom of God with inside the heart of man. No longer is the kingdom of God without, but the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is within. It's within my heart, it's within your heart, if you're born again. If you're not born again, then you need to be saved, you need to be born again. To receive the kingdom of God in your heart. Now let's just go up to verse 26 of the fourth chapter of Mark's gospel. And uh, he's talking still about the operation of the kingdom. But now he's applying it to an individual's life. In Mark 4, 26. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. The seed we've already established is the word of God. Being born again, uh, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the what? By the Word of God. That's 1 Peter 1, 23. Write it down in your Bible somewhere. The seed is the Word of God. Being born again of incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed is the Word of God. And he should cast the seed into the ground, and the ground is the heart. Let me stop here just for a moment. And I want to say this. There's a lot of people, there's some here today, I know it right now. That say, I read the Bible, but I can't understand it. I just can't seem to understand the Bible. If you sit tight and, and listen with spiritual ears, you'll find out how you can't understand the Bible. And, and when you find out, you'll just begin to blush because it's so easy. It's simple. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. 
Because the things that are in the Word of God, the Word, Jesus says, my words are what? Spirit, and they are alive. If the Word is Spirit, and you're not born again, you can't understand the Word of God. You'll never understand the spiritual meaning of the Word of God. And that's why they just read through the Bible and close it and put it away and say, I just don't understand it. The Bible says over there in 1 Corinthians, What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him? It's only the spirit of man on the inside that understands the things of man. So, the things of, the, of God are understood by the Holy Spirit of God. Or the Spirit of God. If you are going to understand the things of the Spirit of God, of the Word of God, then you're going to have to be born again. And you're going to have to receive the Holy Spirit... So the Holy Spirit can teach you the deep things of God. That's what 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, is talking about. And that's what we've been discussing throughout this parable. If you will understand this parable, Jesus said in Mark 4, 13, you'll understand all parables. You'll understand the whole entire operation of God's kingdom in the heart of us, those that are born again, which is His perfect will for us. Now, the natural man, in order to believe, we said he has got to what? He has got to see it before he believes it. He says, show me, prove it to me, and then I'll believe it. Isn't that right? You ever witness to somebody says, show me, prove it to me, show me where God is, then I'll believe in Him. Well, that's why the natural man can't receive the things of God. Because the spiritual man, Jesus said, must believe in order to see he said, Blessed are those that believe, yet do not see. And this is the whole principle of what the kingdom of God is based on. You have got to believe in order to see. And to believe, you've got to receive God's Word as His Word. This is not a book that man wrote. I hear people time and time again, this is just what man wrote down. Well, if I dictated to you a letter and you wrote it down, you might be writing the book, but I dictated to you the letter. That means I, I spoke it, you just wrote it. Man wrote it only in the, in the sense that God spoke it, man wrote it. Isn't that right? Jesus appeared to John, John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos and He said, Write down these things that I'm telling to you. Jesus spoke the Word. Isn't that right? John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word is God. And if you don't believe that, then you'll never understand the kingdom of God. Never. Because you've got to be born again through the Word of God. Jesus said, except the man be born again, he, can't see the, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And He said, you must be born of water and the Spirit. And the water He's talking about is the Word of God. The Word of God. You've got to be born through God's Holy Word. James 1.18 says, of His own will begat He us with the Word. It's the Word inside your heart, quickened by the Holy Spirit, that gives birth, the new birth, inside anybody's heart. If they'll receive it. So let's look. Let's read through the rest of this verse. Then we'll look over to Proverbs. And should sleep and rise night and day. The man that's taking care of the kingdom of God in his heart. Is planting the seed of God's word into his heart. And then he sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed springs up and grows up. And he doesn't know how. For the earth, or the heart, brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. 
But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus is likening the process of the kingdom of God or the operation of the kingdom of God in the heart of the believer. He's likening it to the process of farming, sowing and reaping. Now, the person that's casting the seed into the ground is you. You are casting the Word of God into your heart by speaking the Word of God. We did that when we first came in this morning. We said, I am more than a conqueror because I'm the redeemer of the Lord and I say so. Isn't that right? All right, you heard those words because you spoke those words. Now, the sower sows the Word, Jesus said. Well, how does the sower sow the Word? He speaks it. Jesus came and spoke the Word. Speaking the Word meant planted the Word of God into the hearts of the people. As we read the parable, some of the hearts were not receptive to that word. Fell by the wayside, so on and so forth. We discussed all that. If you're going to be open to the Word of God, you're going to have to understand that the Word of God is God Himself. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. That's why He said, except you receive my Word, you have no life in you. He says, those that receive my Word, those are the ones that know my Father. If you don't receive the Word of God, then you won't understand the Word of God. If you don't understand the Word of God, you can't keep God's Word in your heart. If you don't keep it in your heart, it cannot produce fruit. Now, it's your responsibility to do this, and we're going to go through the process of doing it. Go back to Proverbs, the second chapter. And we're going to tie in some things. I wanted to get into, into the fruit itself, but the Lord has led me another way just for this session. And probably tonight we'll get into the fruit itself. But go to Proverbs, the second chapter. And the reason why he led me another way is because a lot of believers, yeah, a lot of believers, morning and spirit-filled believers, walk away from their church services and they do not know how to do what God wants them to do. It sounds good. It looks good. They wish they could do it. But nobody goes the further step to teach them how to do it. And He's instructed me to teach you how to do it so that you can begin to have the kingdom operate inside your heart a hundredfold. Not just thirty, not just sixty, but a hundredfold. In Proverbs, the second chapter, we have outlined for us different ways, I'll say steps, of taking the Word of God, using the Word of God to develop the life of God inside your heart. Look at the second chapter, verse 1. My son, if thou will receive my words. Okay? Whose words are they? Well, who's saying this? My son, if thou will receive my words. Who's speaking that? Okay. God is speaking this. My son, if you will receive my words. Listen. And hide my commandments with you. Put a little one by receive my words. Put a little two down by hide my commandments with thee. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Three. And apply thy heart to understanding. Four. Yea, if thou criest, number five, after knowledge. And liftest up thy voice for understanding. Next one, if thou seekest her as for silver, and the last one, searchest for her as for hid treasures. 
Let's go through that process again. My son, number one, if you'll receive my words, God's words. Well, what are God's words? Someone says, well, I believe the Bible contains God's words, but not all of the Bible is God's word. Well, you go and sit down and figure out which part of it's not and let me know. When you get done. If Jesus hasn't come yet, then you let me know. This is God's word. If it's not God's word, why are you even here? Why don't we just bring an encyclopedia? Study humanism. If this is not God's Word, why do you come to church? It has no power if it's not God's Word. Paul said, if it's not God's Word, then let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Amen? This is God's Word. Number one, you've got to receive it as His Word. Number two, you've got to hide His commandments in your heart. Number three, you've got to incline your ear unto wisdom. Number four, you've got to apply your heart to understanding. Number five, you've got to cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding. Six, if thou seekest for her, you've got to seek. And then the last one, you've got to search. Seek and you've got to search. If you do those steps, look at what you're going to read. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. And you'll find the knowledge of God. Stop right there. I just don't understand. I just don't understand God's Word. What does that verse 5 say? Then you're going to understand the fear of the Lord. And you're going to find the what? Okay. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Go to verse 10. When wisdom entereth into your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion shall preserve you, understanding shall keep you to deliver you from the way of evil men and from them that speak, speaketh forward things. But you cannot read. Verses 5 through 12, without first planting into your heart, verses 1 through 4. That's impossible. You have got to plant that word inside your heart before you're going to reap the results of it. When a person receives the word, let's let's start right there. Number one, you have got to receive the word of God as his word. Now, we gave you the process of how to receive the Word of God or how to plant the Word of God in your heart. If you weren't with us, I'll go over just for a moment. In Matthew's Gospel, the 12th chapter, you don't look it up, you can just write these things down. Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or make the tree corrupt or his fruit corrupt. He said, you generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, speaketh, bringeth forth good things. An evil man, out of the good treasure or deposits of his heart, bringeth forth evil things. The heart. He went on to say that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, or by your words you will be condemned. The sower soweth the word. The word is sown by speaking the word. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When I speak and say, I'm the redeemed of the Lord, He's delivered me out of the hand of my enemy. And then in the next breath, I begin to say, yeah, it looks like every time I turn around, I'm getting defeated. I just can't seem to live my life in victory. You're now just speaking the words of evil. 
The Bible says you're what? More than conquerors. But you said, no, I just can't seem to get the victory. Now, a man, by speaking the good things of God's Word, will fill up his spirit with God's Word. His belly shall be filled. Go to Pro you're in Proverbs. I'll let you turn to that one. Proverbs 18, verse 20. When we talk about a man's belly, we're talking about a man's spirit. A man's belly, this is verse 20, Proverbs 18, 20, shall be satisfied... By the fruit of his mouth. What's the fruit of your mouth? Words. Okay? A man's spirit, he's saying, is going to be satisfied by the words of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips, or with the continued increase of saying those words, so shall he be one. How many of you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Well, we can't do it any other way but God's way. You're going to have to learn to change your vocabulary. Joshua was told, don't let the word depart from your mouth. We've got no business speaking anything but God's word. Right? Even if it's contrary to our circumstances, God's word is unchangeable. Your circumstances are subject to change. Okay, look at the next verse. Verse 21. Death and life, death and life are in the power of the what? Death means all things in the kingdom of darkness is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit. A good man out of the good deposits of his heart, how does he deposit into his heart? By speaking the word. Shall bring forth out of his heart good things. But the evil man that walks around complaining about their sickness and about their disease is going to bring forth out of his heart the evil of sickness and disease. Now the word says, by his stripes we were healed. Does it not? Does it say himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses? But you, you can find half the Christian world walk around saying, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Now that might be true in the natural sense. But the word of God says, if you want to get rid of that sickness, he says, speak the word. The Bible says in 107 Psalm verse 20, he said his word and healed them. Now that's how you're going to get your spirit man filled up with the Word. Go back, since we, go back to Psalm 1. I want you to see this. Because this is the process that the Lord opened up my eyes to, that I think we need to be familiar with. We'll get back to Proverbs 2 in a minute. Psalm 1. Not only do we have to speak God's Word in order to fill up our hearts, but we've got to meditate God's Word which is nothing but murmuring God's Word, imagining God's Word, keeping our thoughts on God's Word, taking time out to plant that Word into our spirit so that our spirit may bring forth fruit of herself. Look at Psalm 1. sinners, nor sinners, the seed of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate how often? Once a week. What does it say? It doesn't say once a week? You mean you get up on Sunday morning and dust off your Bible and pick it up? It doesn't say that. Oh, it says day and night. Now, what did the parable say when it said, so is, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should plant seed or cast seed into the ground and rise, sleep day and night? Day and night? He's taking care of that seed. Is he not? 
Okay, this man, his delight is in the law or the Word of God. And in the Word does he meditate. The word meditate means to ponder. It means to murmur. It means to mutter the Word of God. Let me give an example. Okay, the Scripture says, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, you better go home, lie down on your pillow, and begin to murmur this. Jesus said, I must be born again. I must be born again. If I'm not born again, I'm not going to heaven. Well, what does it mean to be born again? I better find out what it means to be born again. You'll keep speaking it, speaking that scripture. I've got to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I've got to be born of water and of spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Take another scripture. By stripes I am healed. I know your arm hurts, but Jesus said, the word said, speak forth the good things. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. I'm casting the seed into the ground of my heart. Okay? By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Well, I don't look healed. Well, the scripture says we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. And the faith says, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Now, glory to God, if, if I was healed, and the scripture says I was healed, boy, I'd be, I'd be getting up and just running around just doing everything. My back wouldn't be bothering me anymore. So you begin to murmur. You begin to mutter. And then you begin to imagine yourself. Glory, I just see myself healed. And then you get yourself a picture, an imagination of yourself. With that word built inside your spirit, when it gets from your spirit to your body, your body will be healed. Now he said, this man delights himself in the law of the Lord, meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Remember Jesus said, make the tree good. Okay, you can't make your tree good unless you're meditating the word of God how often? Day and night. That doesn't mean you've got to have it in your hand because the next step was to hide the word in your heart. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. If the word is hid in your heart, then it cannot be taken away from you. Right? We as Christians should have enough word in our hearts, so that if ever our Bibles were removed from us, we could just stand there and quote it. It's hidden in our hearts. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth what? Okay, the scripture says... The, the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Once you get the Lord in the heart, it's going to bring forth the fruit by itself. This man is going to bring forth his fruit when? In his season. What season is that? When the Word gets inside the heart and begins the process of growing up to produce fruit. The, it starts out as a seed. I'm going to show you how that works. He opened up my eyes to the next part of the Scripture. It says, He bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaf also shall not wither. How many of you took the time, and I did just because the Spirit of God led me that way, to find out what the process of what that leaf actually does? I just kept looking at the part of the fruit. I said, Glory, I could, I could produce good fruit. If I meditate the Word of God, I could produce fruit. I could produce fruit. I could produce fruit. But he went on to say, Your leaf shall not wither. So I took time to look up what it meant. What the leaf, the function of the leaf was on the plant. It functions primarily to produce the food to that plant that it can produce the fruit. And it's called the act of photosynthesis. Through photosynthesis, 
All it does is gets the elements together through light, the light process, the sunlight, through energy, or basically light. The light comes, it causes them chemical compounds to come together to produce the food so that that plant can produce the what? He said, this man shall not, his leaf shall not wither. And I begin to meditate on that, and that's exactly what the Word says to do. Meditate to find the deep truths of God's Word. He's likening us, a man, to a tree that brings forth fruit. So I says, I can't leave out the process or the function of that leaf. So I begin to meditate. What does that mean, Lord? I said, what does that mean? My leaf will not wither. My leaf will not dry up. And it began to show it to me. The light of that sunlight brings together the elements or the parts. They're separate, but it, that light begins a process to bring them together so it can produce the food. And so I begin to apply that to our lives. The entrance of the Word giveth what? Light. Okay, it starts the process of photosynthesis. The human spirit has got to receive the light. The seed is inside that spirit. The light, the entrance of the Word produces the light, which produces the energy, which brings together the compounds of man. And I said, well, what's man composed of? Spirit, soul, and body. And lines them up together so that the Word can be food to that plant so that or that seed so the seed could produce start that process and produce the fruit of God's word from your heart into your everyday life. Now you hold that thought in your mind and go to Luke eleven. I'm going to show you exactly what it's talking about. Remember, we're talking about spiritual food now. We're not talking about Natural food. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. As bread is, is food to the physical body, then the word would be spiritual food to the spiritual man. Well, this spiritual man, this process of his leaf will not wither. It'll excite you here in a minute. Go to Luke 11. Let's go look at verse 33. Now, the synthesis process takes the elements or the parts and causes them to be whole. It brings them together and causes them to be whole. Remember that. Luke 11 says, look, let's take a look at verse 33. It causes it to be whole. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a secret place... Neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in might see the what? Okay, the candle is your spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's already been lit with the light of the glorious gospel. It's the seed on the inside, the incorruptible seed. Okay, that light, the light of the body is the eye. Verse 34. The eye of our understanding. Eye stands for understanding. The light of the body is the eye. And he went on to say, therefore, when your eye is full of is single, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. When you're full of darkness, 
What does, did you ever get a plant and put a bushel over it and shut out all the light? What happens to the plant? It withers away and dies. Your body is a bushel of darkness to the light that's on the inside of your spirit, causing that darkness to keep the light from developing from your spirit to your outward man. Your five physical senses acts as a bushel and covers up the light that's on the inside. If your understanding, he said, if your eye is single, the light of the body is the eye or your understanding. If you have understanding of God's holy word, then that understanding is going to call your whole body to be full of what? Light. So the light could come into your heart and the process begins to take place and that synthesis process causes the other parts of man, the mind of man, the body of man to come together and to be whole in light. Let's look at the next verse. Okay, if your eye is evil, he said, in other words, if it's natural, you look into the natural man, you're going to be full of darkness and you're not going to know how to operate the kingdom of God. He went on to say, Take heed therefore that the light which is in you be not darkness. If the light that's if the light stands for that development, that understanding, if it's darkness on the inside of you, you're going to be completely full of darkness. You won't have any understanding. But the next verse says, If your whole body therefore be full of light, your whole body, spirit, soul, and body, listen, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of what? Okay, the light has got to first shine into our spirits. The Word produces what? The entrance of thy Word giveth what? Okay, if I don't have the understanding of God's Word, I cannot receive the Word. If I cannot receive the Word, I cannot receive the light. The process is darkened and the word or the seed cannot grow. If your understanding is natural and sensual, it's, it's governed by the five physical senses, and you keep on saying, well, my body hurts, so I must have pain in it, I must be sick. Well, then you're going by the natural reasoning or the natural understanding. Darkness comes over you, and the light of God's Word cannot come in to start the photosynthesis process of getting that life on the inside to produce light to the body to heal your body. And if you don't understand how it works, you're never going to get your healing. I'm just using that as, as an example. If you're not born again, and the... Well, let's, let's, let's say you're not born again. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians to show you what I'm saying. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. You know what the problem is with people? They don't, they don't read their Bibles. They don't, understand, they, don't, they don't understand the Word of God. They don't dig deep. Jesus said, you've got to dig deep into this Word to find out spiritual truth. We only got the verse 1 over here. I'm probably going to get through it. Let's look at this. Verse 4. A person that's not born again, in whom, this is verse 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the what? That's not the heart. That's the mind. He's blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest what? The light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and our, ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, 
For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And your earthen vessel is full of darkness. You have got the glorious light on the inside. When you leave this body, if you're born again, you will be in the very presence of God Himself. The only thing that's stopping you from being in His presence right now is this body and the, un- the lack of understanding of God in your mind. And Satan hath blinded the minds. It says the God of this world. That's the devil. He has blinded the minds of them who believe not, so the light cannot shine into their hearts and the new birth take place. Now that's the same thing that's happening inside the believer right now. He has blinded the minds of the believer from the fullness of the truth of God's Word so he could stop the process of the light on the inside to shine to the mind, to shine to the body, because then you'll be full of light, filled with all the fullness of God, and you'll be walking on this earth as Jesus did. Can you see that process? And that's why some Christians say, well, you know, I've just tried, I've tried, I've tried, and finally they just put their Bible aside, and they say, I just don't understand it. Every time I read, I get confused. I don't understand. It doesn't seem to, you know, get across to me. And they set it aside. Okay, mark down number one. You're not going to get it right off the bat. Number one, you are going to have to receive it as God's Word, period. And then, by the words of your mouth. Remember what we said. And I'm going to say it just like this. You keep saying that I don't understand the Word of God. And you never will. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, didn't he? First thing I ever did when I first got saved, I got on my knees up in my old crane. Go back to Proverbs 2. And I got on my knees up in my old crane. And I said, above all things, I said, Father, I want to know the Word of God. I want to have wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of your Holy Word. I never took the Bible and said, I just don't understand it. I said, I receive it as your word, and therefore I believe that I've received the understanding and the wisdom that you have for me in this word. So if you're going to pray in faith, believing that you're going to receive revelation knowledge of God's word, you're going to have to say, number one, I receive it as God's word. And I have understanding of God's word because the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. And therefore, God has granted unto me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of His Holy Word. Then you're going to have to study it. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Did He not? Well, can you see that you're not going to be a genius unless you go to school first? Anybody here understand that? You will never get to a place that you could have great intellectual knowledge if you never studied. Unless you're just some kind of automatic genius. But it doesn't work that way in this round because this is the supernatural round. Listen. It takes diligent study. And you'll find out through all the Word of God. Look at, let's go back to Proverbs 2. Let's see what he said again. Number one, receive my Word. Number two, hide my commandments within me, within you. Hide it within your heart. How do I do it? I just showed you the process. I'll go through it just very quickly one more time. You take the Word of God. 
If you want to have wisdom and understanding, find all the scriptures that pertain to wisdom and understanding. Proverbs is the best book for that. And you begin to say this. Father, all right, how many of you are familiar with Mark eleven twenty four? What things soever you desire when you pray, do what? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Heavenly Father, I desire to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your holy word. Therefore, on May the 24th at 12 o'clock noon, I receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your holy word. Thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Write down the time. And every time you find yourself starting to say, I just don't understand, you stop right there. And say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I have received your Holy Spirit. I thank you that he's teaching me all things, yea, the deep things of God. And I thank you that I have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Go out and buy yourself a concordance. Go out and buy yourself a Knaves topical Bible. Look up the word wisdom. You know you can do that? Look up the word wisdom. Look up the word understanding. Look up the word knowledge. Find all the references. Write them down in a tablet and begin to read all them and let the Spirit of God open it up to you. The reason why people don't understand God's Word is because they don't do that. He said, but be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only. Then you speak that Word that pertains to the wisdom of God. And we're going to see some things right here. As you speak the Word of God, it will be hidden within your heart. Okay? You speak the Word of God, you deposit into your heart, your heart will be filled with the Word of God. You'll do it like this here. Let's, let's go for an example and let's just say love. You want to have the light on God's love. So you open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. In the Amplified Version, probably be better. And you begin to quote the word, what the word says about love. Okay? Love endures long. Then you begin to say, I endure long. Love is patient and kind. Therefore, I am patient and unkind. I'm never envious, and I don't boil over with jealousy. As you read throughout that entire scripture, you'll see exactly what the characteristics of love are. Romans 13 says, love works no ill towards his neighbor. So you say this, I work no ill towards my neighbor. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Therefore, I fulfill the law of love. You find out everything that the New Testament says about love. And then you begin to speak it. You say, what's that going to do? Well, the Bible just said that the Spirit will bring forth fruit of itself. All your job is to do is to say it and receive it. Every time you say it and receive it, you are taking care of the seed of love that's in your heart. You're hiding it in your heart. Now, I can stand here and quote you that whole thing. Why can I quote it to you? Why? Because as someone says, do you memorize it? No, not really. I just would read it from my Bible every day. Sometimes two times a day. And before you know it, you could, it's hidden in your heart. Oh, there's scriptures down deep inside my heart that I didn't realize I remembered. I just start quoting them. They're hidden inside the heart. Now the heart will produce the fruit in its, by itself. It'll just, you'll just begin to walk in love. They'll have to pinch you. Your wife will have to pinch you to see if it's really you. Next time she hollers at you and you say, Oh, honey, I love you. She has to pinch you. Is that really you? But if you do it, if you don't do it, you'll never develop this way. He said, Hide it within you. Look at the next one. So that you incline your ear unto wisdom. In other words, so that you take heed to wisdom. Now, mind you, you know what wisdom is? 
Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Someone wants to walk off in love and just say, Well, I walk in the love of God. Thank God I walk in the love of God. They just want to just, you know, but they don't want to take the Word of God. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. If you don't have the knowledge of God's love, you cannot walk in the wisdom of God's love. How can you do it? If wisdom is the ability to use knowledge and you have no knowledge of the Word of God, you can't apply it. Okay? Let's give you an example. If, you, if, if on your job, let's say you're an engineer, the wisdom, and I'm talking about natural human wisdom, that you have came because you filled up yourself with knowledge. And because you filled up yourself with knowledge of all the things that pertain to whatever you're doing in this engineering business then you're going to bring forth that knowledge and use it wisely. And the wisdom of, wisdom that you have, that natural human wisdom, is going to take care of whatever you're building or whatever you're doing. But first you had to apply knowledge, receive that knowledge, into your being. And when you did, you could bring it forth. And then the wisdom is the ability to use it. I know a lot of people that have knowledge, but they do not have wisdom. Did you ever see a teacher that could not teach, but was a genius? I mean, they were a genius, but they could not get the message across to the other person. Why? Did they lack knowledge? No, they lacked wisdom. Now, the wisdom is the ability to use that knowledge so that you could, in any area of your life, if it's healing that you need, you need the wisdom in that area. To get the wisdom, you've got to have the knowledge. If you have not the knowledge, then the wisdom cannot come forth. Okay, let's look back here so that you can apply your ear to wisdom. Who's going to speak it to you? Listen. Who's coming to teach you all things? The Holy Spirit. What's He going to speak to you? The things of, the, of God. The deep things of God. He's going to reveal to you the deep things of God, right? Okay, it's the wisdom that the Spirit of God has. Who he's, and he, on the inside, He's revealing that to your human spirit. Your human spirit then is going to relate that to your mind and then your mind is going to relate that and you're going to speak it forth. Now that's how the operation of the kingdom of God works. It, your thoughts are not your thoughts. But if you let your thoughts be God's thoughts then the Holy Spirit will give you the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding to use God's Word at any given time to produce the knowledge that you have to work to your benefit. The scripture that says all things work together for good does not mean that you got in a car accident and it worked together for your good. It does not mean you fell down and broke your leg and someone stands up and says, all things work together for good. That's lack of wisdom. The scripture that says all things is not talking about those things. If you put it in context, you'll find out that it says, All things work together for the good of them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. And the, all things He was talking about was, You've been redeemed. You've been set free from condemnation. If you walk in the Spirit, if you walk in the love of God, if you're waiting for Jesus to come, if you're praying in the Spirit, if you're groaning in the Spirit, if you're allowing the Spirit of God to work through your Spirit, then it says, All these things work together for your good. Not your car accident. I don't know anybody's ever car accident ever worked together for your good. I said your good. It doesn't work that way. See, that's lack of wisdom. He went on to say here, so that you can incline your ear to wisdom. And we're going to do a whole teaching on wisdom, so sit tight. I mean that. In the near future. So you can apply your heart to what? To what? Apply your heart to what? 
You mean you can't apply your heart to understanding then? Can you see why people say they don't understand the Word of God? Number one, they don't go out and receive God's Word, first of all, into their spirits. They don't hide the Word of God within their heart. I, I can tell you Christians that for years, and they cannot quote a scripture in the Bible. You say, well, why? I'll tell you why. Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Because you do not hide God's Word in your heart through meditating it day and night to bring forth the fruit. You do not meditate to the Word of God. You're not applying yourself to the Word of God. And if you're not doing that, you might as well just forget everything we're talking about. Because it will not work that way. So don't go off and say, some people just go off and say that the Word does not work. I tried it, but I didn't get healed. I tried it, but I didn't get this. I tried it, but I didn't get that. Because they're not applying themselves according to what the Scripture teaches. Look at the next one. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge... Now, don't go off and say, I'm getting fanatical now. What does the Scripture say? Did you ever cry after something? Well, my little boy wants a piece of bubble gum. He calls it bubble gum. And you don't have it. You can hold your ears for a while. The Lord said, cry after it. Cry after it. I mean, get on your knees for it. Paul said, and that's, that's this is talking about prayer. Let's read the last part of it, put it together. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lift up your voice for understanding. Paul said, I pray and cease not to make mention of you in my prayers. I pray that the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, enlightened, full of light. See the process? From the spirit to the mind to the body. From the spirit to the mind to the body. That you could be enlightened. You read the whole prayer. You get on your knees before God. Ephesians, the third chapter, gives you another prayer. You could read that together. Read it before God. It says, For this cause I bow... This is Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love, and able to comprehend with all saints what is the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the endless boundaries of God's love, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And if you're not praying that prayer for yourself every day, how are you going to get it? How are you going to do it? I sit up in that dirty old crane and pray that for every day. Father, for this cause I'm on my knees, that I can understand your love for me. That I can understand how much you care for me. So that I can show your love for me to other people. So I can be filled with all the fullness of God. So I can be able to be accepted in the Beloved as I should be. A vessel unto honor. I want to be that way, don't you? So that when I have a need in my body, whatever the need is, whatever I have a need, the next verse says, Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. Now means now after you've already prayed all this, learned all this, fill up your spirit with all this. How do you get filled with all the fullness of God? Speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. It'll fill you up with all the fullness of God. To the point that God will now be able to do for you exceeding abundantly above all you ask or even think. 
How? According to the power that's at work inside your spirit. See, you're involved in all this. He goes on to say, If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures. I want to say this. It's a shame to say this, but I have to say the truth. There are those that are seekers and searchers after the riches of this world that put those that seek and search for spiritual riches to shame. I'm going to repeat it. I said there are those that seek and search. There are those that will give up their lives to seek and to search for the riches, the silver and the gold that's in this world. And they put to shame those who could seek and search for the wealth and the riches in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom, and those will be added unto you. And you know what he's saying here? Look at, look at Proverbs. You're over there in Proverbs. You're not far away. Look at the 18th chapter, verse 1. These are things you need to know. True desire a man having what? Okay. Through what? Through desire. What things soever you want? If you really desire, look at what you'll do. Through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with... How much wisdom? If you really desire, if you truly desire... The wealth and the riches. Jeremiah 29 says, You'll seek me, you'll find me, when you search for me with all your heart. What does he mean, separate yourself? He means when you separate yourself from the things of this world, when you separate yourself into fasting and prayer, when you get before God, just you and that Bible, and you get on your knees for, before Him, and you set yourself a time to where you're just going to be with Him, and you're going to get yourself... To intermeddle with all the wisdom of God. When you search and seek for Him with all your heart, that's when you're going to be filled with all the good things of God. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now that same person that says, I don't understand the Bible, reads the Bible once a week. You have got to believe, friends, before you receive. And if you really believe it's the Word of God, you will do anything it takes. Anything it takes if you've got to separate yourself, one guy set himself on a mountain. He was in a foreign land. He was in a foreign nation. Someone said, how about, you, you, you ever have anybody come up to you and say, you say that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. How about that guy that lives over here in the Philippine Islands that never heard of Jesus? How about the guy that lives over here in, South, in Africa somewhere that's never heard of Jesus? You ever anybody tell you that? Well, I want to tell you about a guy who lived over there. Never heard the gospel. Never saw a white man, never saw a preacher, a missionary, never saw anything pertaining to the Bible. But this man looked up into heaven and knew that there was a God. Way back in the densest part of this land. And he went up on a mountaintop and he prayed. He separated himself from his people. He separated himself from their false gods. He said... These people that make the God that I worship made it out of wood with their own hands. Who made the hands of those that made the God? 
And so he set himself on a mountaintop and he began to diligently seek and to search with all his heart to find out. He didn't call him Jesus. He just said, God. I know that there's a God out there somewhere. I know it for sure. And he just got up on that mountain day after day, fasting and praying, day after day after day. You know there's some hunger on the inside of man that knows that there's an eternal God out there and he's searching diligently on the inside but just doesn't know what he's searching for? And that, that fellow got up on that mountain and one day through days of fasting and praying, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And you know what that angel said to him? He said, there's a man coming to you. And he's got in his hand a book. And in that book, he'll tell you about the true and living God. And days later, this missionary went over there, a white man. Never been there before. They never had anybody like that there before. The whole tribe was worshiping false gods except this one man. And through the forest, on an elephant, he couldn't even get there through travel. On an elephant comes this guy with the Bible in his hand. They thought he was God because he was white. And they, were, they never saw a white man before. And he came and gave to them the Word of God. That man had revival like you never saw before. Because one man was willing to separate himself. To set aside. I remember uh, of one fellow talking about a missionary that was coming. This guy walked well over a hundred miles. Left his house. Left his job. Left his family. He walked well over a hundred miles to go and to find out about this guy that was bringing to them the truth about the living God. He went to the meetings. He stayed at the meetings. He learned from the Word of God. Went back to his own hometown. Became an evangelist and got everybody saved. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Got him healed. He gave up his whole life. He gave up his job. He gave up his profession. He gave up everything. People would say that this guy is mad. But that man found out what the true God is really like. No, I'm not... If, if you, you could go to places. You can go out right now. You can go to churches. You can get there and you could sit down and you could be uh, ministered to. You can have a good time. You can hear a little bit of the truth. You can hear a little bit of the Word. Some places you don't even get the Word. But I'll tell you what. Or you could just get your nose dig, digging deep into this Word of God. And I'm not going to get off the Word of God. And as long as you're going to be here, you're going to hear so much of God's Word till it's just flowing out of your spirit. All you're going to do is talk God's Word. But you know what your results are going to be? You're going to walk in love. You're going to walk in joy. You're going to walk in peace. You're going to walk in patience, kindness, goodness, make the temperance of faith. You're going to walk in victory. You're going to walk in divine healing, divine health. You're going to walk in the sickness and disease not going to live on your body. You're set free from the law of sin and death. You're going to walk so close to Him because the Word inside you is going to be so mighty, you'll be called a living epistle of the living Christ, read and known of all men. And then let's just close right there. It's a good place to close since I didn't even get started yet. Over back there in Proverbs 2. He said, if you'll do all these things, then you will find the understanding. Verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. You'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He's going to lay up wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Verse 10. When wisdom enters into your heart, knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion which is soundness of mind, 
shall preserve you and understanding shall keep you and deliver you. Deliver you. Deliver you from all the ways of wicked men. And wisdom, friends, we're going to see this, knows nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Wisdom knows the power of the Holy Spirit in demonstration. This is 1 Corinthians 2. You can find them all in there. Wisdom knows the hidden things of God. Wisdom knows, yea, the deep things of God. Wisdom understands the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. And wisdom is the mind of Christ. And every born-again believer has the right to claim every one of those things. If they'll follow this format and apply their heart. And we're going to start tonight with the very first fruit. The fruit of love. And we're going to take our good old time. And we're going to apply diligently what the Word teaches. And if we're not going to do it for ourselves, then I'm going to do it right here. I'm just going to stand right here and give you everything that love says it is. And we're going to see how love works. We're going to see how love acts. We're going to see how the characteristics of love and what they are. And we're going to see how love never fails. And you're going to be so saturated with the love of God. You're not going to be a place that you ever learn but never come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't want to be that way. Do you? I'm going to teach it. We're going to hear it. We're going to get to a place that love is so saturated. I don't care if your body gets so tired of hearing about God's love. It doesn't matter because your body's got nothing to do with it. Get into your spirit. Develop your spirit. Let it flow out from you. And then you're going to understand once and for all what God's love is and how it operates. And the fruit of love will be growing powerfully inside your human spirit. You'll never fail along with that love. And we're going to take every one of them. We're going to go step by step through every one of them. Because I'll tell you why. People are not doing their studies at home like this. Did you hear me? I said people are not studying God's Word diligently. And if you're diligently with me, and listen, I know this already. Through this study and through the diligent time we're going to spend in this study, there will be those that will be healed just by sitting listening. There will be those that will be delivered just by sitting listening to the Word of God. Because this Word works. And it's time somebody brought the truth out. Don't you think? It's time somebody stood boldly and and declared the word. You know, Isaiah said, Who shall his generation declare that Jesus is the Son of God? Shall you declare your generation? The the generation has gone past. Whether whether they did or not, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, this is my generation. This is your generation. And I'm going to declare that he is the Son of God. And if he is the Son of God and he's on my side... That says enough right there. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I just preached myself happy again. Because I know this works. And we're going to get it deep into our spirits. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, You're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.